Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to what I usually refer to as your favorite hour of the week, but maybe not so much this week. Pete Sweeney here with the player, Sean Barber. Today, the blog father's out. He's got a sick kid, Sean. Yeah, I know all about sick kids, man. I got six of them at home. So whenever one starts running the nose, you quarantine that kid off and do not let him contaminate the rest of the household. I'm glad I have you two as friends to just show me the way. I'm taking notes here, so you when should. it eventually happens for me, I'll, I'll just refer them to Notebook and I'll be good to go. But let's get into the Kansas City Chiefs. Probably one of the most disappointing losses we've seen, a 12-9 loss to the New York Giants. Sean, when it came to this loss, what did you learn about the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, I didn't learn anything new. I mean, I've been playing football and been watching football my life. I mean, any weekend, any Sunday, any given Sunday, a team can come up and bite you in the butt. You know, um, you would have liked to think that the Chiefs had 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 progressed far 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 enough as a team to not let let a losing team come up and change their ways. Um, they were struggling. They were lack of defensive effort on the Giants' part. Eli was struggling. You know, they lost their best receivers. And to still somehow find a way to win at home, I mean, it was very disappointing to be a Chiefs fan. What it screamed to me, too, was that the New York Giants weren't even playing that well. It's just that both teams were really playing poorly, and the Chiefs were playing worse, which is disheartening because here you had a team that was home and beatable, and you just weren't able to do it. The effort wasn't there. Yeah, we just needed to find a way. It was one of those times where you need to find a way to win. They were in a situation where they was losing. Um, you know, they expect a trick plays, expect fake punts, expect some guys off the bench you've never heard of. But as we got to the second half, it kind of started to feel like whoever has the ball last is going to win, and that's exactly what happened. Giants win it in overtime, 12-9, a very disappointing loss for the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, after the game, here was his quote, and I thought it spoke volumes, so we'll reiterate it here on today's podcast. We're going to have to look at the film and man up. Nobody is pointing fingers, but guys have to get called out and get told. You know what I mean? They have to be more accountable, and that starts with myself. We'll just go around the room, and sure enough, guys have to start stepping up. What do you make of those words? First of all, you, 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 he's got to break it down. You know, the man up standpoint. You know, as, as, as other men in that locker room, uh, when, whenever a player says man up, you, you, you kind of perk up. Your ears, you get, you get people's attention when you're talking to man up because it's it, – it, it, it starts to um, give the feeling like you're saying we're, we're soft or we're not playing hard. Um, so that man up um, kind of got everybody's attention. But what I like about him is that he started off with himself. You know, like Michael Jackson said, right? He started with the man in the mirror. Kelsey definitely started with himself. You're not going to start singing on it, I, I mean, I got, I, I, I can kind of blow a little bit, but <laughs> for the sake of every of our, our viewing audience, I'll save my, uh, my, my, my prano, my tone for a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, he started with the man in the mirror. He started with himself. And he probably, and he, played, he probably played the best in the team. But as great players know, a great victory, um, you know, great performance needs to have a victory at the end. No matter what his stat line was, he knows that he could have made one more play. He should have been in the end zone. He should have not let them double teams uh, pull on them down the field. Uh, a lot of arguing with the refs and some of those double teams, you know, just found a way to make another big play. One big play was needed in regulation to win that game. And the Chiefs did not get it. Want to play a little game quick? This was the worst Chiefs loss I've watched since. Uh, playoffs, 2003, Peyton Manning, Colts, 
we couldn't force a punt. So you're on the field. I'm on the field. Listen, if I'm going I'm to tell you <laughs> how much I appreciate Kelsey for starting with the man in the mirror, you think I would go any place beyond myself? No, no. I, I, I commend you for that. So to be a part of a defense that couldn't force a punt in a playoffs, home game, um, having the top three offense in the league, putting up 30, 40 points Disappoint, a game. Disappointing. We were disappointed, man. It, just as a unit, we had been creating turnovers. We've been living off turnovers all, all season. And we couldn't get them to turn the ball over once. Let's hope that's not a repeat of 2003. This season, this was the worst Chiefs loss for me since the Sunday night football game against the Steelers. I know a lot of you on Twitter were mentioning the 13 playoffs. I wasn't here for that. I was only here since 14. So the last terrible loss that I could remember was that Sunday night football where they just were never in the game. And this was a different kind of loss because this game was very winnable. But against the 1-8 and team, hard to make any excuses after this one. Yeah, I think I mean, like I said, that coach. It just it hurts me. It hurts me deep because I'm a. I got pride in my myself as a defensive player. Um, it's one of those things where you say somewhere in the game I should have just forget the call and just went and got Peyton. Just I don't care what the call was. Just went in there and got him and stripped the ball from him one time. Or just you know Reggie went one of those receivers or something. Just go over there and just pull the I'm ball. I'm sensing out. when you're a player regardless of how you play it all game, you do blame it on yourself a little bit when it comes to close games. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, because if you look at my stat, I mean, I had a great game that game. Um, pass breakups, a sack, TFLs. I mean, it was a great game for me individually, but with so much on the line, that you know, that, that playoff atmosphere at home with the type of offense we had, you know, it, we, we had dreams of postseason and Super Bowl and to have Peyton Manning come into our home and, you know, kind of on our lawn almost. Just, I can see you reenacting. Yeah, it hurts in, a little. See, my, my, my eyes kind of, <laughs> my eyes get beady, and they, yeah. <laughs> the so anger is still there. Well, let's keep it with the 2017 team right now. When it comes to this team now, and we've seen a, a tough, tough five-game stretch. What's the biggest problem with this team, and how does that problem get solved? I think time. To me, it's the wide receivers that Alex has to deal with. Whenever you're not dealing with the same core week in and week out, I mean, when you're running a timing offense, the routes, the way they develop, the way receivers run certain routes, it's got to be a tough job to be a quarterback sitting back there with pressure when you really don't know when certain receivers don't come out of certain routes. And and you don't throw it once a guy's open. You have to throw it before he gets open. Because it's got to be the time. That's, it, that window is open mm-hmm. and closed so so fast mm-hmm. in the NFL. And that's what you see. I mean, we, we, we've had to kind of mix up our wide receiver core almost every week and almost every series because guys, even though they're active, they're not being able to be healthy the entire game. So um, no excuses. It, it is what it is. But to me, that's the one, one position and the one side of the ball, which I think it would be a, uh, it'd be a lot different uh, situation as far as points scored if we could keep some receivers healthy. So Andy Reid said that he believes the problems with this team are fixable. He said it earlier this week. So this is a state of the Chiefs podcast. Are these problems fixable in your mind? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, it just comes down like, you know, you, you study film, you, you get you get with the receivers all together and say, all right, like, you know, in this certain set on defense, what do we see? Make sure we see the same thing. Make sure that we're looking at the same things. We're reading the same keys. Make sure when, when the outside, you know, release here, if I'm a back shoulder and I'm going to throw it deep, am I going to wait for this DB to kind of break his feet before I throw it? Once those guys get on the same p- pattern and same on the same page, man, you'll see that 30-point, 40-point explosion again. It's just really tough to do it right now when defense is just focusing on Hunt. They just focus on stopping Hunt because they don't feel that passing game is really clicking right now. And for what it's worth, Hunt hasn't really been the same player in, in, in weeks and weeks. And maybe it was because he wasn't getting as much attention early on. And people were like, okay, we need two or three guys on him at a time. And it's because of how talented he is. I, I think that's one thing I want to point out because even though he's not getting the production that he was earlier in the season, you saw that one play uh, this past game where just a ridiculous amount of elusiveness on this guy, and he still has that. He just needs other players to step up and sort of the game plan to differ a little bit where the passing game opens up to get that room again. Definitely. His 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 one stat that is so phenomenal is broken tackles. Yeah. And he still is light years amongst any other running back in the league right now as far as how many tackles he breaks every game. And it, score doesn't matter. It, he is very tough. He's a, he's a, he's a, a very tough tackle. 
to make when you're thinking about at least, you know, trying to even think about having him in open field is ridiculous. But even in small quarters, inside between the tackles, he's a just a, such an elusive guy. Uh, wants the balls in his hand, and he has a, such a great nose for just getting that extra yard. Just he's he's playing way beyond his years. Good player for the Chiefs to have. Kudos to John Dorsey. John Dorsey actually did speak this week. We have an article up on ArrowheadPride.com if you want to check that out. But taking Kareem Hunt, this guy was available for everyone in the league twice around. The Chiefs able to get him in the third round and it's a special player that, if he stays healthy, will probably be your starter for years to come. Now, when talking about the state of the Chiefs, it's important to remember this silver lining. The Chiefs still control their own destiny at 6-4. and four. Andy Reid, as I said, quoted earlier in the week saying these problems are fixable. If that's true and the Chiefs are able to figure it out, starting with the Buffalo Bills, who we'll talk about in the second segment of this show, then, yeah, there's a little bit of worry, but everything is still in front of you. All you have to do is make it to the dance. And we've seen teams come out of the wild card and win a Super Bowl. I believe the Chiefs will still win this division, so you're guaranteed one home playoff game. If you can figure it out and you can get on a roll heading into the playoffs, it doesn't matter what your record is. My dad used to be a, a coach growing up. He goes, once the playoff starts, your record is zero and zero. And it's true. <laughs> and that's 100% true. Six weeks to go, two games lead on the division. And you have other teams where we have uh, the Raiders firing a defense coordinator. We have the, the Broncos firing an offense coordinator. I think the I biggest mean, the biggest thing for me right now is the San Diego – I'm sorry, not San Diego. The Los Angeles Chargers because they're coming on at the right time. You saw them – pick Nate Peterman off five times last week, put up a 50-burger on the Buffalo Bills. They're playing hot at the right time. And Anthony Lynn said this week, we're happy the division is coming back to us. If there's one thing you should be really upset about is that this division was wrapped up yeah. and you've now given a team like the Chargers, who I believe are the only threat, real, like viable life. Yeah, they have hope. And that's all, I mean, uh, you're saying a coach like Anthony Lynn, when he's talking to his team, he's letting them know, look, look, the Chiefs, they had multiple opportunities pulled away. This this division could be locked up two weeks ago uh, with a four-game lead, but it's not. It's only two games ahead. They, they, they still have to play each other, so that's going to be a big game. Um, so, yeah, if you if you, you got like the L.A. Chargers, man, they, they've given you some hope. But, you know, here in the kingdom, man, I think the Chiefs, the one thing the fan base should be so, so proud of is the fact that the athletes here aren't hiding they're not putting their head in the sand. They're not, they're not in their house hiding, shutting the, the, the blinds because they don't want – man, they're out in the community doing great things all through this Thanksgiving week. The head coach is out in front of the media answering questions. You know, they, they didn't play good on Sunday. And that's not, that doesn't ruin what all the great things they've done so far this season. It is Thanksgiving, and we should touch upon that. You did see across social media that there were several Chiefs out in the community this week, in particular Tyreek Hill, Albert Wilson, and Alan Bailey giving out groceries and turkeys, it looked like. And Marcus Peters set up this really charity for himself. He, he came up with the idea himself and gave away 250 Thanksgiving dinners yesterday. Did you oh, say? Yeah. Yeah. So him and uh, he got together with the uh, Lincoln preps football team was, was there to help support him. Also um, Eric Berry was there, Spencer Ware. And these are guys who are rehabbing off of injury, but still in their heart finds uh, time to, to give back to the community. You know, it's really good for your injuries. It's a nice <laughs> turkey with cranberry. Sauce. <laughs> so they have, I mean, they, they set it up. They had guys from public works coming through. They had a bunch of, um, Different different homeless centers and care um, givers and stuff come on through. Just to be a part of that, I, I took one of my sons down there so he can see what's going on. And uh, man, just a good influence. Man, the guys are just, it's, like I said, their their mindset is just in such a great mindset because they know they're doing it the right way. They're going back to work, um, watching the film, correcting their mistakes, and it's always about the next game. Let's get ready for the next one. The Buffalo Bills. The Giants game is over. Is that is this one of those games where if you're a player, you, you quote unquote burn the tape? You just forget about it? <laughs> oh, well, interesting story about that. Uh, when I was in college, we actually buried the tape. So the coach called a team meeting. We got on the field. We dug a hole. We had tapes. This was back when they did the VHS tapes. We actually put the tapes in the hole and buried them, put the dirt over top of them, and then we just went out and practiced. So when you talk about actually burying the film, my coach took it literally, and we actually did a ceremony when I was at University of Richmond with Coach Reed. But the players had such a, like, I mean, it, it was like, what are we doing out here? What happened the next game? Oh, we went out and won. <laughs> I mean, so. Okay. CC, Andy Reed, maybe it's time to bury the tape. In bury front of the 
if I know Andy Reid, he's not going to ruin want to ruin that Arrowhead Pride grass out there. <laughs> he's very careful with the grass, but uh, maybe you can get off the field and bury that tape. We said it's the State of the Chiefs podcast, so we're going to read some of your tweets, your questions, your comments. This one from Dave K. Here it goes. Are Chiefs offensive and defensive linemen physically weaker than almost every opponent they've faced since week one? I think that's a little bit of a stretch for me. Come on, Dave. I mean, yeah, they haven't they haven't played well a few games, but physical strength of I mean, these are these are professional athletes, man. The, the, there is no stronger, it's, weaker. It's 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 a, it's collectively their unit. Um, if they stay on their blocks, then they move the other team. If they don't stay on their blocks, then the team get penetration. I think there is a little bit too perhaps the defensive line as a whole being a little bit weaker than last year with Dontari Poe when we, we kind of thought Benny Logan would fill it up because they just haven't had as much success. But I, I wouldn't say they're weaker. I just think it's a different line than last year, and maybe they haven't come together yet. Um, it, it's simple. Technique. You go back to fundamentals. Low man wins. If you're in a D-line, if you see the D-line shoulder pass up under the offensive lineman's shoulder pass, our defensive line will get penetration. You keep your shoulder pass low, you play with good balance, you get penetration. Offensively, if you're supposed to be doing combo blocks, tag blocks, swing blocks, whatever the, the, the steps you're supposed to be taking, Coach Andy, you know, like. Has uh, the scout and you seen some missteps in the D-line? I mean, you see, you, see, you see guys playing high at times, but it's not something that, like you're saying, when, when Coach Andy says things can be, like fixed. Mm-hmm. Those are the things he's talking about. If we sure. play with this better shoulder pad level, if we if we wrap better as tacklers, if we stay in our gap, like these are the little nuances where you're not getting players just blown five yards off the ball where you say, we have no chance with that guy. It's it's simple technical things where you're saying, hey, if you go near shoulder, near knee, hold that double team, then our linebackers can flow a little bit faster. It changes that attack path, that angle from a linebacker going laterally to then downhill. And that's all the difference in a five-yard game being held to like a two-yard game. So little nuances in the game like that that you see on film, they're easy changes. You just have the guys that they have to commit themselves to making these changes. So it's it's almost that the pride heads, the Chiefs fans, can breathe a sigh of relief in the sense that this is not chronic. This is not going to ruin the year. There's still a lot that's available to the Chiefs. There's a lot to accomplish if they put their mind to it, and that's kind of where the rub is. Right? Yeah, if the Chiefs if the Chiefs didn't have the personnel to win, I'd be the first person to tell you, like, it's just not in the books. I mean, it's, it's just a bad stretch. You know what I'm saying? The cabinets are bare right now. Sure. No, that's not the case. We got sure. a full refrigerator, full pantry. We just got guys, we just got to go eat. You know what I'm saying? Let's go eat. All right. Last tweet, or second to last tweet, I should say, from Josh Zembauer. I'm going to use the H word here. Oh, okay. What the hell Dang, Josh. happened to Kareem Hunt? His numbers have fallen off. Is the O-line banged up? I don't think the O-line's banged up, right? Hey, Josh, what the hell happened to you, man? You're supposed to be a fan of the Chiefs. Uh, are you on board or off board? Are you, you know, are you with us or against us? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're with us, then get behind Kareem. Show him your support, man. I think, I, think we, I think what we said earlier in this podcast is the defense are just showing a little bit more attention than earlier in the season because you didn't know who this kid was. Yeah, yeah early on, I mean, when Spencer Ware went out, I think that everybody probably – thought that we were going to have to go more to the pass. And so people played more of a passing defense, take away, take away Hill, take away. They didn't know about the dream. In the dream, bam, you know, game after game, 100 yards from scrimmage, 100 yards from scrimmage. Well, eventually, you know, defenses, they adjust. Well, let's put nine in the box and see if somebody beyond Kelsey can beat us. And we haven't been able to do do that over the last few weeks. So, I mean, Hunt, like you said, his elusiveness, his missed tackles, that's to to that point, because I think you, right now you would say the most important players on offense for the Chiefs are Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt, but close third slash like pseudo offensive weapon maybe in that realm is Tyree Kill. Have they been misusing Tyree Kill a little bit? Man, I think he's been a little bit beat up. It's, it, I mean, he's a Ferrari, right? And when that Ferrari, when they're not clicking on all cylinders, it, you know, that little step in his get up, this you know, it's a premium up. gas. Yeah, man, he's 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 struggling a little bit. Sure, it's, it's just he's not having his full set of tools to use, and so that that's just you know that that comes with football. Football is a physical sport. As you get going, you know, on and on, no one's a hundred percent now. Should they not have him on punt return? Now, I'm not gonna say he shouldn't. I think I mean Dak is a, a feasible replacement. I mean, but but Hill is a very special athlete. If you have him out there, usually teams will punt out of bounds, and they might give you a hidden twenty yards just in. Uh, the ball going out of bounds early, so uh, whether he returns it or not. The I Giants mean, were kicking to him. I was a little surprised about that. They yeah. were just kind of kicking right off to him. The Giants have nothing to lose. They, they, <laughs> I mean, like I said, surprise anything. You should have been ready for every, every – I mean, they have no, they had nothing to lose, and they went out there and played like a team with nothing to lose. 
one final tweet to send us into the break. Andre de Souza at Nightwolf BR. He goes, My comment, current state of the Chiefs, fart noises. Just disrespectful. <laughs> Very disrespectful. Hopefully, this gave you a little bit more positivity, Andre. When we come back, we'll do a little bit of a preview into the Buffalo Bills. Again, it's earlier in the week, but because of the holiday, we can't give you the full preview this week, but we'll touch upon the Buffalo Bills when we come back, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Joel Thorman's out today, but you got Pete Sweeney and the players, Sean Barber. This week, it's the Buffalo Bills at 5 and 5, 12 o'clock back home at Arrowhead Stadium. And I think heading into this game, if there's any saving grace, it's that the Buffalo Bills have had a very much similar season to the Kansas City Chiefs. They started out hot, have had that midseason stretch where you wonder if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, are they for real? And then one of the weirdest week 11s of all time, of the Chiefs, of course, losing to the New York Giants, who were previously 1-8. and eight. The Buffalo Bills decide out of the blue, at 5-4 and four in a playoff race to start their rookie and bench Tyrod Taylor. He's, of course, now going to be the starter headed into this game. But can you believe they made that move? Yep. So, you know, go back to my scouting this past year. I actually had Nate, uh, Nate Peterman as one of the top three quarterbacks coming out. And he's my, a fifth, he went in the fifth he round. He went in the fifth round. Sure. So I thought that was awesome value for the Buffalo Bills. Um, I thought he was a guy who'd come in pro-ready, um, knew how to make the reads, knew how to make the picks. If you actually watch that game, um, of those five picks, three of them he gets murdered. I mean, three of them. I mean, he's basically almost on his back when he's throwing the ball. But an experienced quarterback maybe holds on. Thank you. So it's just a lack of experience. It's not a lack of talent, not a lack of skill. The reason he got drafted and the reason he was put in a position to play because he actually has proven to somebody in the building, probably Coach Sean McDermott, that he can handle uh, playing the snaps on Sunday. But I just think it's crazy. Like if the Bills had been 0-9 or 1-8 and or you know, and your season's over, you do it. But if you're in a playoff race, isn't that like a little bit deflating to a locker room, especially one with some veterans in there? We're not in that locker room, so I don't know if, you know, I mean, we assume that the locker room is supportive of Tyron Taylor. For what it's worth, and I will say this, there weren't a lot of loud players backing up Tyrod either, though. Yeah, so, it, I mean, we, we don't know what happened behind closed doors there. Like you said, Coach McDermott, he made his, uh, he, as a pro coach, as a professional, he, he made a choice and went with it. He stood behind it. And even after the game, he doesn't go hide behind it. And, no, I made a I made a choice. This is what we went with, and it didn't work out. So at halftime, they went back to Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod showed his professionalism by going out there and uh, throwing for a score, running for a score. He played a great second half. Tyrod, to his credit, I think created a blueprint for a player who, if they're benched, here's what you should do. He went out to the media, said he didn't agree with the decision, which is completely understandable, but he said, I'm going to be a professional about it. I'm going to help Nathan Peterman prepare, and that's what he did. And guess what? He completely failed, and he got put back in the game. Had he kind of went in the other direction, maybe that wouldn't have been available to him. Yeah, definitely. And then even during the game, I think the team was called, maybe after the third interception, the offense was called together, and Tyrod Taylor is kind of leading them, saying, hey, man, let's get behind this guy. Let's go. You know, now he threw two more interceptions after that and kind of forced himself to be pulled from the game. But Tyrod, if one thing he's shown to not only the Bills but the rest of the league, if he's available, you're getting a quality – that was the that was the agent in yeah, his yeah, ear. Yeah. Him, hey, this is this is a little bit of an audition PR wise for you. This is how you handle it if you want to play somewhere next year. Yeah, you got to play the game. And in his situation right now, the you know the state of the Bills as far as they don't see him as the quarterback of the future. He has to be uh, kind of putting himself on the market and showcase himself to the other thirty one teams in the league. Now, this isn't a huge storyline, but I think it's worth mentioning is. The Bills-Chiefs series continues. It's just this weird series where they get matched up year after year. Eight meetings since 2008. The Chiefs are 4-4 four and four, but have won the last three. Not really like a rivalry, but the Chiefs have seen the Bills so much. You think you would think maybe there's something there with the players playing each other so much? Man, the one, the one thing I do know is that this is not the same Bills team. Um, and Sean McDermott got in there. He turned it over. He, he, he got rid of players. Darius and some other guys. He traded away uh, Sammy Watkins. Some guy named Reggie Ragland. Reggie Ragland's now here, so he's he should have a good chip on his shoulder. But, I mean, he really turned over that that roster. So this is not the the, the, the same Bills team that we played over and over again. And then we, like, just the head coach himself, um, Coach McDermott, he's a, he's a completely t- different type. He's an uh, A-type. He's a team guy first. There is nobody in that, that roster that is above the team. And by benching 
Uh, Tyrod Taylor, I think he showed the entire team. If you didn't believe like getting rid of Darius on defense was big enough, getting rid of Sammy Watkins was big enough, even the quarterback, if he's not doing things up to our expectations, he can be turned over too. And that's a team for years that has needed a culture shift. Yes. And that's exactly probably the direction he's going in. Yeah, especially when, I mean, when the old coach was there, he was a me, me, me guy. Big Rex? <laughs> R-E-X. Big Rexy uh, was never uh, lost for words when it came to talking about himself. So um, to go from that to, to go to Coach McDermott is definitely a culture change there. Now, a quick note as we get into the Chiefs and the Bills, we're doing the podcast earlier in the week again because of the holiday. So we don't really know a ton about injuries headed into this game other than the fact that Kelvin Benjamin, who is a, a great wide receiver for the Bills, is going to be day-to-day unsure if he's going to play this week. We know Tyrod Taylor will be starting. All that said... We don't know what's going to happen with the injuries this week for the Chiefs, but it's not a good sign that Allen Barry, D. Ford, Tom Holly, and Albert Wilson all were held out last week. These are all guys that Andy Reid had to feel would make a difference this season, and right now you're missing some of these guys. Yeah, and even if you know, even if they didn't make a difference this whole season, they definitely would have made a difference against the Giants. I think. Oh, I no mean, doubt. Albert Wilson is a very much not talked about player. That is a huge role player for this team. When when he went out of the offense, you can almost see that our offense just went a different way that day. Not having him as a third wide out, not having him in the slot. Some of those plays we talked about week after week after week, the batted ball up in the air that he went and got a couple of touchdowns, the shovel. I mean, there are so many little hidden plays where he went out and got us a first down or a touchdown that end up being either the start of the momentum to win the game or the, the actual play that won the game. Definitely a definitely a very undervalued player. Now, I'm not in the locker room, and my head isn't in the Andy Reid playbook, but at least from what I've heard over cover, the course of covering the Chiefs now for four seasons, it's a tough playbook to learn. Oh, and, I, and I think that's a little bit of an underrated storyline when it comes to using the playbook in the game. Like, maybe Demarcus Robinson isn't as ready as we thought he was, whereas Albert Wilson is loved by the coaches. You just get the feeling that he has his playbook down and some of the things like you don't see when you're either a casual fan or you just don't know what the play call is, maybe they're missing that in Albert Wilson, and it could be affecting the offense in, in bigger ways than we think. Yeah, every offseason when it comes to the you know preseason and came to the, um, you know, we go draft some wide receivers and we're talking about who's going to make the team, who's not, we always look at a skill set and say Albert Wilson doesn't make the team. And then when it comes to the team getting drawn out, some reason Alvin Wilson's already there because the TS, I think the coaches have so right. much faith in he him. He was on the media bubble this training camp, myself included. I figured if there was anyone they're going to cut, you know, from a talent standpoint, it would be Albert Wilson. But you just, when you're, when you're trying to make these 53 man roster cuts in your head, you forget about the intangibles. And I think Albert Wilson screams intangibles because yeah. you don't really know the true value of him because the coaching staff doesn't want to tell you that. Yep, can line up in any of the three wide out positions, know what everybody does, and has been proven to do that. And that kind of that comfort level, I mean, he's kind of like a security blanket for our offense. And I think that's kind of, if you want to kind of sum it up, Alex Smith right now, he doesn't have a security blanket in that offense when plays are called. Chris Conley, another one. It, it both, I mean, both his security blankets are on the shelf right now. He's has to, I mean, he has a playmaker here. He has a running back here. Uh, beside Kelsey and Hunt, I mean, he just – that that security blanket is lost, and he's having to make plays on his feet and run. And Alex did a great job to get us in position to try to go win that game. Uh, the last two minutes of the game, that drive showed his courage, uh, running for those first downs, getting out of bounds, doing everything he needed to do. Um, he made one mistake that game, that overthrow. Very out of character, mistake. too. Very out of character. Very out of character. So here we go. The Chiefs offense, number six in the league still which just goes to show how good they were at the beginning of the year to still be in the top 10 versus the Bills defense at number 25. We already talked about what we think has happened to the Chiefs offense. We already talked about Albert Wilson and Chris Conley. What has to change this week in particular against the Buffalo Bills? What does this Buffalo Bills defense like to do? Whatever they like to do, it doesn't matter. What we need to do as the Chiefs, run the ball. Run it. Get back to the hunt. How many carries do you want to see? I want to see 30. 30 carries. A dirty, a dirty 30 by my man. Very Le'Veon Bell. No more saving. We, I, I'm, I'm, I, was, I tried to guarantee that the Chiefs would win last game. I'm going to guarantee this week that there will not be 30 carries. <laughs> All right. You know, Andy. But, I mean, I could be wrong two weeks in a row. I can't believe that I guaranteed a win to, to this poor caller on last week's show called me. You know, he's very concerned about the Kansas City Chiefs. I said his name was Clinton. I said, Clinton, listen. You have nothing to worry about. You got the New York Giants. You're gonna get the PG Sweden guarantee here. Mm. Let him down. Mm. I feel bad, but I'm I'm gonna give another guarantee. You're not getting 30 carries, Sean. I'm sorry. I'm 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 aiming for 30. 
So, uh, you know, my dad told me to shoot for the moon, and even if you miss, you end up among the stars. So I'm shooting for 30, and if I end up with 25, I'll be happy. But I'm shooting for 30. Players to watch on the Bills, Trey White, 13 passes defense. Mika Hyde, five interceptions. And a linebacker, Pro Bowl MVP, co-MVP with Travis Kelsey. Lorenzo Alexander has three forced fumbles, so he'll be looking to knock the football out. Kareem Hunt, again, one of the guys who is very good at holding onto the football, rarely fumbles. Who has the advantage in this matchup, would you say, and why? I mean, I think the Chiefs do. I think, I think still, if you look at the Bills' defense over the last few weeks, their Achilles heel has been against the run. I mean, they've given up a, a boatload of yardage, a boatload of touchdowns. And to me, that's the safe way to move the ball, the safe way. You know, if you look at the stocks and bonds of football, that's passing the ball. But the, uh, you know, the, the more the, the, the hard, tangible, the gold, the silver is the running game. That's what that's the foundation of your your wealth should be the running game. And so I think our Chiefs, we get back to that fundamental sound. It's late in the year. You know, let's take a little bit of pressure off of Alex. Let's just, just feed the monster. We're going to feed the hunt. We're going to feed him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk it into existence. I'm going to say it so much. I'm going to believe it. You're manifesting. I mean, yes. I can see it. I yes. can see it. All right. So that is the Chiefs offense now. As far as the Chiefs' defense coming in at number 28, they'll be facing a Bills offense at number 27. We already talked about the quarterback stuff. Tyrod Taylor will be back in there. Austin, all of this is the Chiefs' defense actually had a pretty good game against the Giants last week. They were missing quite a few of their skill position players, including Sterling Shepard, who was out at the last minute with migraines. But still, I mean, you only can face who they give you, and the Chiefs' defense performed pretty well. Reggie Ragland's been getting more and more snaps, and it comes at the perfect time for him because if you know Reggie Ragland, he's going to be juiced about this game. Definitely. So Reggie's been playing. Louis Pierre been playing, um, giving DJ a couple of reps off. and kept, Yeah, what, him. I, I wanted to get into that. As Reggie Ragland continues to get more snaps, DJ seems to be getting less and less as the weeks go on. Has, the, has Bob Sutton finally recognized, okay, we need to sort of ease him? Out of this no, I, I just think, I mean, from an age standpoint, I mean, yeah. you, can, you can't you can't go fifty five snaps seventeen weeks as a over thirty year old linebacker. I mean, it's just it's just the nature of things. If they sure. can keep you a little bit more healthy, and especially you know, looking at the game last week, I mean, it, it was a perfect time to get some of these other guys in there against a team that you knew you could basically keep to under ten points during during the. <laughs> I mean, you did you did what you did. You kept them to three field goals during the game. Uh, two field goals. How frustrating is that for a defense? When you're doing your job, you hold them to 12 points, nine points in regulation, yeah. and your offense is just not performing. I mean, it is what it, I mean, it's a team game, so you don't look at it that way. You just go out there, and your job every time on defense is to keep them out of the end zone. And if you get in that, they, they get the ball in field goal range, you just, you know, you just go out there with the, it's the same mentality, man. We just can't give up a touchdown. Don't give up a touchdown. At the end of the game, you're happy with it, but you're still sad because y'all didn't win. So, you know, winning kind of heals all your wounds. But I think defensively, our team probably should feel kind of like have their chest out a little bit. Um, we still have to fine-tune some things on the defensive backfield with some holding calls and PIs and things like that, um, opportunities not making plays on balls when it's up in the air, that kind of thing. But as a totality, when it comes to the defense, they played an awesome game. You know, you brought pass interference up. Someone who had pass interference in this game was Philip Gaines at cornerback last game. Terrence Mitchell, Kenneth Acker basically benched. Philip Gaines re-promoted. And if I could tell you how mad Chiefs Twitter has been about this, they have been on fire. You know, Philip Gaines has kind of taken the brunt of the criticism from a lot of fans these days. What are your thoughts on that? I think the, the Chiefs organization is doing a great job of giving all three of those guys a chance to, to know that, hey, whoever performs is going to be our guy. There, there is no, it's no pecking list anymore. We need a guy to stand up at the second cornerback position. Whoever really is ready to take the job, let's take it. The baton has been given to each one of you guys. Who is going to take it and who's going to put their mark on this being the corner opposite the Peters? Most athletes will rise to the occasion when they're given that opportunity, not thinking that it's any kind of politics behind it or somebody's contract is preventing them from getting more snaps. They are all getting the equal opportunity. So at the end of the season, when you evaluate these guys, you'll have plenty of film to really sit down with them and say, this is the guy we're going to go with as far as, you know, thinking about any kind of contract extension, anything beyond that. Is this Philip Gaines' final year? I haven't seen anything from – personally, I haven't seen anything that would make me think that there's going to be any change in what he does. Um, his skill set is what it is. It's just it's, – it's kind of like a decision-making mechanism. He's just not making the decisions that you need a guy to make. Uh, we call it a, a high-speed network. You know, um, some guys really, they function on the high-speed network. They don't need much time to make a decision. And usually they, they you know. Like Marcus you, Peters. 
man, I don't care when he sees the ball. If he sees it a half a second before it hits him, he's going to still make the play. Sure. He doesn't need a lot of time to get his body in position. Under the, no, he, he just makes plays. So what you're, what you're, let me break this down. What you're saying is Philip nice. Gaines is still on 56K. Well, we got that high-speed internet on the other side. <laughs> we got to find another guy like that. You know what I'm saying? So whatever you – you know Mitchell Ackers and, and Gaines, they, they all three guys. They're 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 good quality cornerbacks, but they just need there's something missing about being able to make the play, especially in big games and big plays. So um, unless they prove something here, in, you know, in the next few games, you got six weeks, you got postseason. Um, that's still a lot of football left to to show <laughs> Brett Veach and the other guys in the scouting department that you're you're worthy of being here next year. That's what you need to be showing. You need to be showing not only the Chiefs, your teammates, but also the rest of the league that you're able to be an NFL cornerback. That's it. Simple. As far as the Bills' skill position players go, we already mentioned Kelvin Benjamin day-to-day. You got Jordan Matthews and you got Charles Clay, but the cream of the crop right in this game, one of the best players in this game, maybe the best player in this game, is LaShawn McCoy. Does that scare you a little bit? I mean, Shady's always scared me. I mean, he's, in fantasy, when I play against him, he scares me. Uh, just watching him, uh, some of those moves he makes. Now, the one thing you know about Shady is he's loose with the ball. He's always been a guy who's been a little bit careless with the football. So defensively, you know, let's, let's, let's not uh, – it, it's not so long ago when we had Jamal Charles come in here a little bit loose with the ball, and, and uh, our man Peters was able to strip, strip the ball out and get it. So, I, I mean, plays like that need to kind of resurface, you know, hold him up. Gang tackle, strip the ball out. He's a one hand holding the ball, that uh, sweetness type of running uh, running back. But he is very elusive, so you got to gang tackle him. And when you gang tackle him, get him hold up, and strip that ball out. That's your rundown of the Buffalo Bills. Chiefs trying to get back on the right track this weekend. The Bills coming in at five and five. Tyrod Taylor is who they chose to be the quarterback against this Chiefs defense. We'll see what happens when we come back. We're going to read some Thanksgiving tweets, and we'll shut it down for our holiday episode of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Pete Sweeney here with Sean Barber, missing our guy, Joel Thorman, today. I would have sick kid. We said it earlier in the podcast. We missed Joel, but this is the Thanksgiving episode of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. So what I did is I reached out to you guys this morning. I said, when it comes to the Chiefs, write this minute what are you most what are you least thankful for we'll read the best answers today on the close of the arrowhead pride podcast and because it's thanksgiving and i'm feeling a little giving i'm going to read every single one of these things if you have a comment you could shout it at me i'll just fill in where i i can first one from kyle fisher most thankful for his young talent kareem hunt tyree kill marcus peters chris jones patrick mahomes kind of travis kelsey only kind of for travis the least thing he's thankful for is the play calling and playing down to opponents. Uh, both, um, I, agree with him. I agree with him on that. The young talent is something to be thankful for because not a lot of teams in the league have young talent. And um, the future for the Chiefs is very bright. And when it comes to play calling, it is what it is. That's just the nature of the game. I mean, sometimes your play calling is spot on. You put up 40 and sometimes you seem like you can't call the right play. So, I got nothing to add. Ian Wright, most thankful for, we aren't the Browns. Least thankful for, we are playing like the Browns. Ian's got jokes. Oh, man, he put the Browns in on both sides there. Like, I mean, I mean, you gotta, I, I got to appreciate his creativity there. No, we are thankful we are not the Browns. Um, they, are, they have a, a struggling, struggling year. Uh, the Chiefs are playoff bound, and the Browns are a struggling, struggling year. It's a struggling, struggling decade. Yes, yeah, they've been struggling for quite a while in um, – Unlike the Chiefs, that's probably the opposite of what the Chiefs have been doing. We've been one of the most successful teams, I think, over the last five or six seasons in the NFL, and the, and the Browns has definitely been probably the worst in that same time span. Be thankful for that. Chris Strength, I'm most thankful for the front office finding Butker. Dot, 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 what a stud. I got a little man crush. Least thankful for Philip Gaines. I'd rather have kidney stones again than watch him suit up one more time. <laughs> Well, I ain't gonna kick a man while he's down. Um, Philip Gaines has definitely got some, you know, he's got some growing up to do. He's got some growing pains he's getting through. But I mean, like, like I say, I think he he has the talent level to be a quality corner. It's something. It's something that's really simple in what he's not doing. It's like his eyes in the wrong place. So he's he's not just coming out. He's not confident coming out his break. So he's the high point is something he's. I mean, it's just some some nuance of the game that 
he just has to find is it's a drill or something that they have to find out a way to get him to really click on because the guy has talent. I know that he has talent. For me, Gaines versus kidney stones. Give me Gaines. I don't want kidney stones. No kidney stones. Arrowhead South, most thankful for. I am a Chiefs fan for life. Least thankful for being a Chiefs fan this week. Bleak. Nothing to add really there. No. Steve Schneider, most thankful for. We didn't embarrass ourselves against the world champions in their house. Least. We embarrassed ourselves against a one in eight team in their house. And then in parentheses, at least it wasn't a national viewing game. Yeah, it wasn't a national game, but it was on all the highlights. <laughs> Everybody knows about it. Every, couldn't, can't hide games in the National Football no. League. Jason Howland, most thankful. We have a quarterback on the roster with immense talent. Least thankful. We most likely have to wait until 2018 to see him. That's true. I mean, that's, that's the nature of the game. When you, when you draft a quarterback for the future, I mean, it's, it's, he's for the future. He, he's, he is learning this entire year is a learning process for him to make him a better overall quarterback for your upcoming seasons. And the one thing that I think everybody has been brutally honest with, our fan base, our coaching staff, everybody has been brutal. Alex Smith is the quarterback this season he, to go as far as he can go. And unless he makes it to the Super Bowl or far in the playoffs or gives you something to think that they need to extend him further, then – he will be turning over the reins to a very uh, exciting young quarterback at Patrick Mahomes. You know, I just missed the new Alex Smith. Haven't seen him in a while. Haven't seen him in a while. Kevin Bahorquez, most thankful for. We have Mahomes, least thankful for. He's not playing. Bahorquez <laughs> wants Mahomes on Sunday. Why don't we get a nice Mahomes-Peterman matchup for Sunday? And you know what the problem is? I, I've talked about this with a couple of my neighbors. If Mahomes had played the entire season, I really think we would still be 6-4. and four. He would have lost two games that we shouldn't have lost, and he would have won two games we wouldn't have won. I mean, that's just the nature of the football, and that people don't understand. Oh, it, that is an impossible question to answer, and it's tough. But really hard for me to think that a rookie in his first game is going to walk into Foxborough and win. Thank you. Now, that said, I don't know, man. I'm starting to get on that team, or not? I'm not, I'm not on that team yet, but I'm starting to have feelings where if he had started the whole year and say they were closer to 500 right now than six and four, let's say they're five and five, would I feel better about the next couple games? That's an interesting question. Impossible to know because it didn't happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? You see where my support is right now. I'm Alex Smith for this whole season, so there's no turning back. Alex Smith to take us as far I just want the new Alex Smith back. I, you want I'm, the new, I'm the tired new. of the old Alex Smith. You want him to get all polished up, waxed up? No, Give this, me that Ben Singer Alex Smith. I'll take him any way he shows up. Show up on Sunday <laughs> for me. I'll take you any way. Chief Lee. He's thankful for the Chiefs leading the division. Least thankful for the lack of run game, injuries, and penalties at the worst possible times. Hashtag preach, right? I like that. That guy right there has been listening to me on a week-to-week basis. Focus on the run game, and we have to get away from the silly penalties. And, and when I go back to that, when I went back and watched this game, there is about five times that the double team pulled on Kelsey 18, 20, 30 yards down the field in the end zone. I don't know how those plays aren't called. Yeah. Because most of the time he was on the, he was on the naked side. He was on, it wasn't another receiver over there. He was isolated by himself. So there's like three officials over there who are looking at one side of the field. If there is contact with a receiver – Beyond five yards, it's a penalty. I don't care where the ball ends up going, whether we throw it I'll or not. I'll tell you what's happening. It's that the NFL wants the Steelers and Pats to go deep in the playoffs. <laughs> conspiracy theory. Thanksgiving jokes, conspiracy. Jokes, jokes, Darren Carter, most thankful for fast start 5-0. and oh. Least thankful for poor line play, defensive and offensive. I think that's fair right now. Yeah, that's, that's fair to say. That's fair to say. You got to give a man, you know, credit when it's due, and then you have to give him criticism when it's due. So I think um, five and zero, oh, we gave him the credit when it started off fast, and now over the last five games, um, it's time, time to give him a little bit. You know, I mean, last four games, give him some criticism about that too. Ronwell Dobbs, most thankful for everyone else in the AFC West stinks as bad or worse than us. Least thankful for DJ and Tamba showing their age. Two all-time Chiefs greats. Also, Jamal being a Bronco. Mm-hmm. Father time has never lost. There's never a match ever except in Tom Brady's case. Uh, Tom has found a fountain of youth somewhere, and he's keeping it to himself. But beyond that, uh, Father time, is he, he catches up with everybody. Yeah. And DJ is actually playing a, a lot better than I actually thought he would play coming back from Achilles, a second Achilles at the age he is. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of happy about his play level right now. Tom, I haven't really seen him that much, but I'm, I'm not – 
you know, there's nothing about the last, you know, game or two that I've seen that makes me think that he's over the hill or anything like that. I think that I'm happy with the way both of those guys are playing for their age right now. Yeah. Uh, Michael Reed, he's most thankful for the youth movement. Mahomes, Hunt, Chris Jones, Marcus Peters. Least thankful for feeling like this franchise keeps hitting the same glass ceiling for 30-plus years, throwing shade at you, <laughs> throwing shade at you right now. 2000 and, I mean, 2003 was my, my – I take it. I put the 2003 <laughs> season, the entire season, I put it Rude. on my shoulders. Rude, so, Michael. Get off, get off our Twitter. Blocked. Chiefs Frank, most thankful for we're not stuck in 2012. Yeah, I think we're all thankful for that. Least thankful for the shovel pass and the wide receiver and touchdown passes. Man, shovel pass, you, you, you know what? You can throw a shovel pass 100 times and the defense will never intercept it. The last thing that happens is the ball gets hit up in the air. It always goes down. You throw it low. The guy catches it. Even if he fumbles it, it's not really a fumble. It's incomplete. That's one of the most safest plays I've ever seen. Rarely ends up as a stack for the other team. And in, in the worst worst time for it to happen, it happens. And, and Andy Reid, you know, like I said, the one thing he always – he doesn't run and hide from calls. No. He said over and over again, you know what, I probably should have kept that play in my pocket. Yeah. Knowing, not knowing the outcome of it, he just said, you know what, probably – What are you reading, arrowheadpride.com? Is that you. what it is? Taylor Mayfield, most thankful for Andy Reid despite his weaknesses – the Herm Haley Cronell years were brutal. <laughs> Least thankful for playoff woes. All fair, right? All fair. 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 Both, I can't can't even complain about those. Jason. Most thankful for Patrick Mahomes being the future. Least thankful for Andy Reid calling the plays. Give Matt Nagy a chance. Never mm. gonna happen. Never gonna happen. <laughs> Never. Okay, why Never. would why would you want it to happen? Why would you give up something that's good for something that's Because unknown? Jason at Jason Michael. Obviously knows Matt Nagy personally and, be- oh, and believes in him. That's his and homeboy. believes in him. He might be his next door neighbor or something. Could be. Could be. Richard C., most thankful for that. I understand teams are hungry for a win are tough. Least thankful for injuries to clutch players like Stuntman, 1429. That's Eric Berry, Chris Conley, and Albert Wilson. Injuries are part of the game, son. It just it's that's part of football. Every, every every team has dealt with injuries. You just hope that it's not at one of the most crucial positions on your team. Like the Raiders last year. Like the Raiders last year. And so it's kinda hard to overcome that kind of injury at that time of the season. So I mean if you have the next man up is something that we talk about over and over. It's something that fans probably get tired of hearing about. But that's it it's true. In every locker room you have to have that 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 feeling that the guy who's the next man can go in there and play at a high level. Hoy Paloy Jr., most thankful for they're a team with personality, talent, and energy, striving to do better even when the results disappoint. I'm immensely grateful they've made this era the best in Chiefs football in my life. A little bit more shade. I have at <laughs> least thankful for maybe a bit more consistency. My heart can only take so much. I have been on teams where when we lost, people canceled autograph signings, people canceled appearances, coaching staffs adjusted the uh, the meetings and stuff because we, we came from a bad loss because they didn't want to you know face the firing squad. The Kansas City Chiefs have some of the most upstanding individuals in the front office as far as coaches and then the players. Like I said, the, the, the amount of community, community involvement that I saw over the last two or three days here in Kansas City, you would have thought we were undefeated. And that is, that, that is a, a phenomenal thing to say about players who are willing to go out there in the community. They know that they're going to be young kids asking them what happened to the Giants game and da 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 the, 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 the purpose behind their passion when it comes to giving back to the, the, the kingdom and the community outweighs any question or any type of concern about a fan questioning uh, what happened this past Sunday. It's a commitment that this team has to the community, and you don't find that that often. So that's something that all fans, everybody who watches our show, everybody who listens, you should be very thankful, not only today, not only on Friday, but the entire season, that you have players that are willing to stand up for your community. No doubt. I think that's well said. Ronald Widman, most thankful that somehow they are still atop the AFC West, exactly. least thankful for all the penalties. Besides Smith, they are killing the offense. Steve Miller. Most thankful to be a fan of a team that values tradition, outdoor stadium, uniforms, draft and development, etc. Least thankful for that said traditional team hasn't even appeared in the Super Bowl since 1970, not once in my lifetime, and I'm 47. Not afraid to share the age on Twitter. (laughs) 
I'm 43, and I, I, I listen. I played 10 years and never made it to Super Bowl, and I'm not, I'm not happy about it, but I'm not sad about it. You got to make the best of the kind of the cards you're dealt. And I think the one thing Andy does is he he, he takes potential and he um, optimizes. It. He's taken this team further than I think any other coach could. Um, the team he was handed over to when he took over Reigns, I think he he did light years faster at getting us winning before anybody thought we would. And each each week we go out there, and I think we think we can play with anybody. That, that's pretty much all you can. Listen, Sean, don't worry about that silly Super Bowl thing. We'll put in for a podcast award. It'll be just as good, <laughs> just as good. <laughs> Jesse says he's most thankful for the division lead. He's least thankful for the lifelong conditioning to expect the worst to happen, and then the worst does happen. And now they are missing extra points in a playoff game. Oh, God, why are they playing the Colts again? Please, no more Steelers. Maybe next year. <laughs> no punctuation. No punctuation from Jesse. I like that. A little, you know, a little cynicism. I like that. I, like, I mean, like I said, my whole thing is about these tweets. Is I applaud creativity. Whether it's a shade, it's a shot at me, shot at the I applaud creativity. Joe Smith, our final tweet. Most thankful for the supposed easy schedule for the rest of the season. Least thankful for the following equally. Alex Smith, Bob Sutton, Chiefs O-line, Chiefs receiving core, and any corner opposite Peters. Yeah, he's a closet Charger fan. Oh, he no. snuck into the kingdom. He's That's a Trojan horse right Joe there. Joe Smith. We should call him L.A. Smith. Yeah, yeah, Joe Smith. You know, how many Joe Smiths are there out there in the way? He's, he's a Trojan horse. He's not really a Chiefs fan. Come on, man. And that does it. Those are all the Thanksgiving tweets. We thank you all for writing in. We really enjoyed reading them. Any final thoughts heading into what should hopefully be for everyone a relaxing weekend? You got three football games tomorrow. Should be fun. Anything you got? Uh, eat, drink, and be merry. All right. Well, Sean, I mean, listen, I'm thankful for the, that you've joined us here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. It's been a fun, what, 10 weeks now, 10, 11 weeks, and we'll continue after Thanksgiving. And uh, it should be, again, a great weekend. You got the Kansas City Chiefs facing the Buffalo Bills at noon hourhead time. If you can't watch the game, it'll be on CBS, KCTV5 this week. Other than that, have a wonderful Thanksgiving, Pride Heads. Don't worry about the Chiefs too much. They'll come back around. He's Sean Barber. I'm Pete Sweeney. We'll see you next time. Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.